Standardized assessments are practically curse words in the teacher community, and for a really good reason. They are truly the bane of so many teachers' existences, but as much as I hate to admit it, I don't think they're going away anytime soon. So how about we make a little bit more sense out of the chaos and find some ways to use those tests to our students' advantage? Before we get started on that topic, though, I want to ask you, do you feel confident in your progress monitoring techniques? I know a lot of teachers who just they don't feel like they ever really got started on the right foot with progress monitoring. They've always just felt at least a step or maybe two or ten behind. That's why I made my five steps to getting started with progress monitoring guide. Here I give simple, actionable steps to get you confidently on your way to data tracking and to high quality progress monitoring. I've included a few observation and data tracking sheets to just get you started. If you're like so many of my friends, this guide can get you confidently progress monitoring this week. To get a hold of my guide, check out the link in the show notes or head over to Instagram and click on the link in my bio or send me a DM. I'd be glad to send you the link directly. Either way, grab that guide so that whenever you need that progress monitoring data, it's ready for you. Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. It seems like just yesterday that my school finally finished up state testing. These tests are seriously no joke. And the only good thing about them from last year is that they aren't going to count against the students if they didn't do well on them. Of course, the same will not be true for teachers and how that'll impact their evaluations. But that is another very long podcast episode by itself. Today, I'm going to focus on what we can learn from standardized assessments and the data that they do give us. So to clarify, when we think about standardized tests, we tend to think about the horrible end-of-year assessments that states make kids go through. We also call those the high-stakes tests, or hell on earth, just saying. But those aren't the only standardized tests that we give kids throughout the year. Most schools also give a universal screener three, sometimes four times a year. That's the assessment that many schools and districts use to track student learning gains for the school year, or to look at how, many, how much students are learning compared to their peers. Some examples are like the STAR tests, iReady, MAP testing, those kinds of things. These assessments are usually pretty quick overall. I mean, they're not, you know, the four hours of standardized testing that we're used to at the end of the year. And they give the teacher an idea of the student's grade level ability, as well as indicates areas of strength and weakness, usually focused on reading and math. That information should be used to help figure out 
what a low-performing student may be weak in, and then you can delve a little bit deeper into the cause of it so that the most basic skill deficit can be addressed. Many teachers don't really think of these as standardized tests because they aren't nearly as stressful as the big state test. But the fact is, these assessments are standardized against same age and grade students to give an idea for how our students are stacking up against other kids. Other assessments that are standardized are the evaluations that we use to determine eligibility for special education. For example, IQ and academic evaluations are all standardized. Really, all standardized tests are, are assessments that have to be administered in the same way to all students, and they provide comparisons to other students based on how they did answering the questions. We use a lot of them throughout education, you know, all, all the time, even if we're not really thinking about it. So after a standardized assessment has been given, we tend to get a printout with a scaled score and maybe a percentile rank, which we then, maybe we talk to parents about it, maybe, you know, it gets sent home. Most of my friends look at the scaled score to figure out if the student, quote unquote, passed the test, and then look to see if the score was higher than last time the student took the test. When the student made a better score than last time, you know, passed the test, teachers celebrate a job well done. But that doesn't really create a complete picture, now does it? Let's talk a little bit more about what all that data means for a student. First of all, what is a scaled score anyway? So a scaled score is really just the number of correct answers and it's put into a formula to give you a standardized score. That score helps us to know how our student did compared to other students who had similar but not the same test questions. The percentile rank is based on the scaled scores of the students who took that assessment. While the scaled score shows what the student did as an individual, the percentile rank tells us how they did compared to other students. This is when we start to see if students are performing with their peers or not. Obviously, the higher percentage, the better the student did on the assessment. But when we look at growth over time, if students performed at the same percentage level as the previous assessment, they are making the same amount of growth as the peers that they scored with before. But when students increase percentage scores, that means that they made more growth than the normed peers, which is what we really want for students who are struggling. These students need to make more growth in the same amount of time to catch up with grade level expectations. Dropping percentage points means that the student made fewer gains than their peers, which basically means they're getting further behind, if you think about it that way. I should explain something that's really important about scaled scores and percentiles and all that stuff. And so there is a misconception going around that the percentile rank is based on the current class of students, which is, <laughs> it's inaccurate. Assessments, standardized assessments, are normed or compared to a previous year's data. 
Now, I'm not talking last year. I'm talking usually several years ago. For example, for the 2021 school year that we, you know, thank goodness just finished up, star assessments were normed against 2017 data. So that means that the students in school being assessed after a pandemic, all the other stuff, were really being compared to students' performance data from 2017. The reason for this is that, first of all, it takes a lot of time to norm the data. And we would not get percentile scores or really scaled scores even for a very long time after an assessment. But also so that when a crazy year like the last two years happens, schools can rate their progress compared to more stable time frames to see how much of an impact a pandemic or whatever is actually has on the student performance. I've seen some schools starting to put more weight in percentile growth rather than scaled scores, which honestly, it tends to make us teachers pretty uncomfortable. I understand both sides. Scaled score growth shows that the student made gains during the school year, indicating the steady march onward for student learning. I personally prefer the percentile to measure growth for struggling students because again, We don't want these students to stay at the same level of struggle throughout their entire careers. We want these kids to make big strides forward so that their level of struggle is reduced as the school year goes on, and that's represented by them increasing percentage points. They need to be closing that gap between themselves and their peers rather than just maintaining the same gap year after year. Obviously, standardized assessments only give a snapshot of the student's abilities on a given day, a given week, whatever. This information should not be given as much weight as we tend to put on it as a society today, but it can be used to help teachers get an idea for what they need to focus on for different students to help them progress. Next week, let's take a look at how a specific type of standardized assessment called universal screeners can be used to set up response to intervention and progress monitoring for our students. I mean, if we're going to administer them, we should at least use them to the benefit of our students, right? Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your summer long, and your summer professional development useful. Bye.